You're listening to What She Said, a podcast for bloggers and creatives hosted by me, Lucy Sharif, a freelance journalist living in London. Each week, I interview different women in blogging and the online world, getting their best blogging tips and advice, and a little bit of gossip too. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to another episode of What She Said. In this episode, oh my god, it was so much fun. I was chatting to Sam Sparrow. Um, she's my real life friend, you guys, so <laughs> expect some proper laughs. It was awesome. Um, Sam came round to my flat. Um, we ate um, Portuguese custard tarts, whose name I can never remember, and drank tea and played with my baby. It was awesome. Um, so anybody who doesn't know who Sam is, she is an absolute unicorn. I adore her. Without her, this podcast wouldn't exist. That's a fact. <laughs> She's a massive, massive support to me. Um, yeah, I love her. She's amazing. Anyway, back to Sam. Um, she's really interesting because she's been blogging for years and years and years under various different guises. And, um, but at the same time, she's kind of a new blogger because she switched from her old, um, blog which she which was kind of a magazine which she ran with her best mate Leah Rice um to her travel blog as the Sparrow Flies which I think is less than a year old um we chat about Pinterest and why this is such a traffic booster for your blog it has been for her and for me and for lots of people and Sam is a bit of a powerhouse with it why it's important not to get too bogged down in the social media platforms you don't like um, and how to network when you don't like people. <laughs> um, if you've been struggling with Pinterest, or if you're a little bit scared to break into a new niche with your blog, this one is for you. Enjoy. Hi Sam, how are you? I'm alright, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Uh, how has your day been? My day's been amazing because I've basically been in your flat for the whole day, <laughs> and you've been feeding me custard tarts, <laughs> so it's the best fun ever. Brilliant. I get to see the flat behind the Instagrams. Oh my goodness. Amazing. Does it live up to expectations? It really does. I like your bunker bedroom. I'm telling everyone your bedroom secrets now on your podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so inappropriate. No, it's fine. It's amazing. It's like being on a boat. Like you go down into the cabin. It's It's cozy. No, it's cozy. I like it. So, um, for anyone that doesn't know who you are, please could you explain, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your blogging journey. How do you explain? How do you explain yourself? How do you explain? So, my name is Sam Sparrow. Um, and real I've, name, by the way. Actual is, real name. Yeah, it is actually my name. It's not a pseudonym or a stage <laughs> name. I married into this name, for which I'm forever grateful to Mr. Sparrow for, for giving me an excellent online name. But yeah, so I've been... So I've been blogging in some form or another since 1999. Stop it. Yeah, so before blogging was a thing, when they called blogging weblogs... <gasps> In 1999, oh I was doing blogging, um, and like not not as we would know blogging now, but messing around on the internet. So my stepdad is a computer programmer, so we got um, a computer, like a PC, really early. Mm-hmm. We got dial-up internet when I was 15, which was 19 years ago. Oh my god! 
Oh, and we had things like, um, so where we've got like WhatsApp now mm-hmm. or Facebook Messenger, we had uh, chat programs called ICQ. <laughs> so for any of the for any of the old school internet people out there, and then we moved on to MSN Messenger. Sure. Um, and there was no social media, and websites were built in Dreamweaver. <gasps> And uploaded, oh or you could do it old school, like I did, which was um, HTML code in Notepad, oh and then like somehow I can't even remember how we did it. Like you convert it and upload it. So I had like a free site, you know, you could buy them off like Geocities yeah, yeah. and all of that. So I had one of those for. I used to I built like really weird websites. Um, I got my own domain name for a birthday present, and when I went to university, I had my own website which was samstars.co.uk. And I used that just to, like, randomly, like, write about stuff at uni. Like journaling. Yeah, and then I realised that there was a lot of stuff going on at uni that I didn't want to write publicly because that was the place that my parents went to. So I got a live journal, a private live journal, which all the emo kids did. Yeah. Pre-MySpace. Oh, my God. (laughs) Live journal. Live journal was the thing, and you'd have, like, a few people on live journal. So, So I did all of that, and then I graduated and completely dropped out of the online world Mm -hmm. because I had a job that didn't really require online. When I first started work, there was no social media. Social media did not exist when I first started um, work. Um, And I was doing a very, like, non-online job. I worked for a charity. And it's only when... So I joined Facebook in 2007, but never really saw that as a like an opportunity it was just a way to post piss pictures with my mates and keep in contact with people that I'd graduated with like three years ago and I think it's only when Twitter came around that I started to see the potential and I was quite a late joiner to Twitter so I um, got married in 2009 and then I was realized I was in a really boring job at that point and the only thing that had been keeping me occupied was planning my wedding (laughs) and then Twitter came along and I was like oh my god there's a whole group of people in the world that I can just tweet out to in the ether and I used to do things like live tweet the apprentice um and like I got so many followers through doing that um just because I'd rant or be quite witty online about The Apprentice. Yeah, you should follow Sam Sparrow because she live-tweeted the general election also, which <laughs> made my life. I did so have good. a disco nap at, like, three in the morning, yeah. woke up to watch Boris That's win. I woke up. You woke up, so we tagged in and tagged out. <laughs> yeah, so I had a disco nap. Um, every now and then the mood takes me to be a little bit acerbic <laughs> on Twitter. But, um, but, yeah, so... And it was through Twitter that I started to see people were sort of blogging again. And so I was writing blogs. Like, I did dabble in a knitting blog uh, oh, on yes. Blogger called Pearl About Town. <laughs> but Pearl spent, spelt P-U-R-L. Nice. For Pearl, yeah. But I didn't, I was, didn't really knit very much, so that didn't really go anywhere. So, <laughs> you know. Um, so then I started this blog um, called uh, All Things... Well, it started off as cakeandlife.wordpress.com. And then when I bought my I own... Because I was basically just taking pictures of cake. Yeah, um, life. Yeah, and writing about my life. And so then I changed it to All Things Good and Proper um, and, like, bought a domain. Mm. And I was tweeting still about cake and life, but also I worked um, as a volunteer manager um for years so I was tweeting about the state of volunteering so it was Mm -hmm. kind of a bit of a professional blog and through that um my career started to really take off like people would know me through like the charity world circuit I used to get picked up in like third sector magazine which was like a sector magazine for volunteering uh get phoned up to ask my opinion because I was blogging 
about it. Like an expert. Yeah, and like yeah. I was blogging about things like when Bob Crow said that um, made this really awful comment about volunteers when he was like going on strike again with the RMT, and I wrote like a big like ranty piece about how volunteers can change the world and blah blah blah, all like boring stuff. But that's what I was writing about. Yeah. Um, but I then sort of changed jobs, or I got a little bit disillusioned with that that part of my work, and um, the kind of passion for blogging started to wane again. Mm. And I found it came in fits and starts with, you know, if there was something that I cared about, I would write about it. And it was at that point that I met um, Leah, who um, I've spent the last six years co-editing and co-hosting podcasts um, with. And we set up um, a podcast and a website, called, first of all, called The High Tea Cast, and then merged into what was on Sorry Magazine. Um, and that's when I kind of found my passion again, because I had someone, I had a pal, a new pal to yeah. do it. We actually met through being on a podcast together. Yeah, so we were like definition of like millennial yeah. goals of like meeting your best <laughs> mate on a podcast. Like, oh, cringe, make me die. But, you know, like absolutely doing all that so and I didn't really know anything about what we would now consider to be professional blogging or Mm -hmm. podcasting so it was all self-taught we were bumbling away we went from us just blogging about random stuff to setting up as a magazine and having lots of people that we'd met online like writing pieces for us so it'd be like feminism or lifestyle we did beauty for a Mm -hmm. while we had a sex column which meant we kept getting offered dildos in the post good fun you know (laughs) test this dildo we went to an orgasm workshop for the podcast (laughs) you know like we did you were super successful as well like you're you're talking it down like it was just a hobby kind of website no it was successful especially as as podcasters yeah you were two of the only big female podcasters in the uk yeah so six years ago no one had a podcast Mm. like crazy american dudes had a podcast or the bbc (laughs) had a podcast um and so we were like desert island discs and yeah (laughs) yeah basically that was all that was on that was all that was on the itunes so we were one of the first um i I don't want to say we were the first but we Mm. were definitely amongst the first kind of young in the first wave yeah uk females doing podcasts and we experimented with formats we won a couple well we got shortlisted and we're in the top 10 at the European Podcast Mm. Awards, which are now defunct, sadly, um, for a couple of years. Um, And essentially, it was just me and my best mate chatting. We didn't really overthink it, Mm -hmm. but people really liked it. And it really kind of made me realise the power of, like, audio. Mm Mm-hmm. Connecting with audiences because I've never been interested in vlogging because it's too much effort. Whereas yeah. actually, podcasting is far less effort for I think bigger payoff. Yeah. Um. So I've really enjoyed it, and yeah, we were really successful mm-hmm. for um, a really long time. I mean, successful in the sense that neither of us ever had any grand plans to take it full time. And it was your part time. It was our part time gig. Like and... I work full time, but in terms of success goes like Mm -hmm. we were we were pretty successful and we earned a bit of money on the side and we made great friendships and we you know we considered that the content we put out was great yeah um but unsorry magazine um has kind of gone on indefinite hiatus now um earlier this year and i i knew that unsorry was starting to kind of run out of steam and both of us were kind of looking for new challenges so um at the beginning of this year i decided to start a new blog which Mm -hmm. is kind of what I'm doing at the moment, which is another amazing pun, because apparently I that's all I can do when coming <laughs> up with website names. So it's called As the Sparrow Flies, and it's about travel. Yes. And that's really how we how sort we of, kind of met yeah. and connected, because um, I've been reading your travel blog. 
for a long time yeah. and then just aggressively friended you via Instagram stories. <laughs> so yeah, so I've been doing that travel blogging for about six months. So I'm kind of relearning yeah. everything all over You're again kind of like about blogging. A new, a new travel blogger, which is which is also kind of bonkers. It's an oxymoron, really, yeah. because you're a new travel blogger, but you've been blogging since before yeah. blogger. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I'm like an old... So it's, it is really, really weird mm. because I've never been... So, like, I've been doing this forever, and I sometimes I think back and go, oh, my God, if I'd have taken this seriously when I was at university, like, and really mm. tried to learn and really, like, grown... Like, I would, like be a millionaire and have a townhouse in Hove by now <laughs> like I would be the millennial Zoella yeah. before Zoella was Zoella you would be Emma Gannon yeah I might be no maybe not maybe not no she's, I'd, she's... I'd be a more sweary Emma Gannon yeah 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 uh, for sure but you know like I think like I have been doing stuff on the internet um and mainly I've been doing it because I really geeked out about it like mm-hmm. I learned how to code a bit and like I like putting sites together so that's what my where my obsession started and I've always even though my job up until recently has had nothing to do with the internet at all Mm -hmm. and it's been quite a hands-on kind of job that isn't isn't in the online space um I've always loved the internet I'm like a total product of like millennial mayhem like I've, I've grown up with it um and it's always been really important to me as a way of connecting so even if I didn't have a blog I would still read blogs I would still tweet incessantly about stuff that pisses me off I'd put drunk pictures on Facebook I probably wouldn't do Instagram actually if I didn't have a blog because Instagram is annoying yeah it's like you're not say we'll talk yeah we'll definitely have to talk about that again yeah but but yeah so that's that that's I've been around for ages but the trap but I feel very new yeah I feel like the new kid on the block again what's that like as a new travel blogger um, because actually, you know what, we made friends actually through Instagram. Yeah. But we also now have quite a lot of mutual travel blogger friends we do. as well. So, <clears throat> what, how how did you make those friends? I like, just stalked all of your friends and assimilated them as my own. <laughs> <laughs> I just looked at Lucy in a really creepy way. Just imagine my creepy, intense stare. If only we were filming this. Yeah, it would be really awkward. Send help. <laughs> yeah, I've taken a prisoner on her own home. No, I think um, so. It's been good and weird in yeah. like equal measure. So I think. One of the things that I found with travel blogging is that the community, or certainly the community that I've stumbled into, the, the part of the community I've stumbled into, has been amazing mm-hmm. and lovely and welcoming, offering support and advice and just, and holidays. <laughs> so, like, I went on holiday in May with Beverly from Pack Your Passport and Sophie from SophieCliff.com. Um, and I'd never also met... Also friends of the podcast. Also friends of the podcast. <laughs> and I had um, never met them in real life before. We did this weird Love Actually, like, style meeting at Amsterdam <laughs> Airport. And that could have been a total disaster, but turned out to be absolutely phenomenal. Start of a beautiful friendship. Start of a beautiful friendship. And so, like, in many ways, the travel blogging community has massively embraced me mm-hmm. and hasn't been i think in other niches it can be a bit like oh get off my lawn yeah but everyone's like there's room for, yeah there's room for everyone yeah in other ways it's been like climbing such a massive mountain because actually i think travel blogging it's really easy to start a travel blog because yeah. if you go on holiday and take pictures of it and want to write about it and put it online then essentially you're writing a travel blog right yeah. but they're like I think the people that are doing phenomenally well in the travel blogging world and that have been doing this for years in in many ways even if you don't want to live that life it feels quite hard to kind of 
carve out your spot. Yeah. Because, like, well, why would someone read my guide to eating brunch in Amsterdam when they could read 25 other, yeah. you know? And, and I'm not the kind of person that would Google places in the world, find there's not much content, and go to that place. Yeah. Because I'm not a professional travel blogger. I go to places that I really want to see or there's a good holiday pirates deal. Yeah. <laughs> and then I write about my experiences. So I think sometimes that can, that can be quite difficult. Um, a bit more daunting, do you think? Yeah, I think so. Like the kind of writing I was doing before, I was writing a lot about feminism. I was writing about lifestyle. Um, I was, you know, I, I was writing about my life and yeah. my experiences. And I guess I'm still doing that with the travel blog now, but with that added thing where people are going to find my content through searching for a destination. Yeah. And it sometimes it's made me really overthink. Oh, really? When it I comes think. to maybe travel planning? Yeah, and... when it comes to travel planning or, like, writing. So I've, I've got a standard format that I write for my city guides mm-hmm. because that's how I would have liked to, when I was Googling, how I would have liked to have seen the content because it's how my brain works. Yeah. And I guess I have to rely on the fact that there are other weird people in the world whose brain works like me and wants that kind of stuff. And... And I think, you know, that can be quite daunting because who wants to read about bloody, I don't know, Paris again? Like, do you know what yeah, I mean? Like, there are yeah. so many... Coming so up with fresh angles to travel content can sometimes be quite difficult, but you do it really well. Thank you. That's lovely. Well, I think the proof is in the pudding. Um, for a blog that's only been around for six or seven months, yeah, yeah you had an online presence yeah. already... But essentially you were starting from scratch. Yeah. But actually you're doing really well yeah. already. So I think that just proves to any other bloggers out there that if you think no one's going to read just because you haven't, you don't feel like you've got a fresh angle, you have. Yeah. Just write it. Yeah. Because, and, and I think as well, you know, um, I've been really honest. So like my, I did write a Paris guide, mm-hmm. a first time was guide to Paris. But then I also wrote a companion post, which was, I thought Paris was shit. Yeah quite an unpopular opinion as it turns out beverly also wrote a similar post after me so it turns out that that's why me and beverly are kindred spirits yeah um but you know like i've been quite honest about my like about my opinions on places or how i i see things like a tourist yeah because that's what i am yeah so i don't have any problem with that so yeah so i think you know coming into a new kind of niche has felt like you know, there's some respect there for the craft, for the people that have gone before me. And it's like, mm-hmm. I'm just bumbling. Sometimes it feels like I'm just bumbling in with my <laughs> pictures of salmon and egg on toast from Amsterdam going, here, here, look at my blog. <laughs> um, so, and, and then also there's that weight of expectation. Yeah. So I think like there was an expectation that the blog would be good anyway, because I'd been blogging for years. Yeah. And that's not always the case. Luckily, people have quite liked it, so... Yeah, well, they have. They yeah. have, definitely. Like I say, the proof's in the pudding. Um, so I know the answer to this, and it's something that I talk about quite a lot, that everybody should be doing, and I really hate having... I really hate saying, should, you should do this, but Pinterest. Talk to me about Pinterest. So I kind of <laughs> love Pinterest now, yeah. <laughs> but I did not get Pinterest. So did not do anything on Pinterest when we were running on Sorry Magazine. Um, I used Pinterest to pin shit pictures of nail varnish and lilac unicorn hair mm-hmm. yeah that was my pinterest yeah. um and i did have quite a few pinterest followers because i joined pinterest really early and posted loads of motivational quotes <laughs> and like that that shit just honestly gets people love it people don't they? love that shit but then like 
Pinterest changed like every um, kind of platform changes and it became like vertical, yeah, like vertical pins with text overlay, only beautiful pins, yeah. all of this kind of, you know, shenanigans. And I was just like, I don't understand. I don't understand Pinterest. And then I was like, I know that travel blogs do well on Pinterest. Like if I want to kickstart this mm-hmm. and do it properly, I need to get my head around it. So I spent like my Christmas break figuring out Pinterest. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically the first line that I read when I was properly looking into it was Pinterest's search engine. And yes. I was like, oh, I get it now. Yeah, exactly. It's not a social platform. It's Google. It's Google, but <laughs> it's with pictures. <laughs> and also, it's Google, but with pictures. Yeah. Like, oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah. It's Google with pictures. So essentially, I guess, like my personal prote- pro- protest, uh, process um is there's like a few things that i'll do so for every post i will make two to three pins Mm -hmm. so i'll make three pins if it's a city guide um with different pictures don't always use my own pictures so i use free stock imagery because it's just better for pinterest yeah people Um, love that on pinterest yeah so it doesn't really it doesn't really matter um so much so use stock imagery um i've got a format for all of my pins and i do it in canva Mm -hmm. so it's really really easy i'll change the title like text overlay Mm -hmm. for each one um i'll put one on my blog and the other two i will hide yeah um as hidden kind of images but if you were to have like press pin if you press pin they come up um oh i need to ask you how to do that yeah so um, i'm a little bit of code yeah i'll basically we can google it and then we can put the link in the show notes and then you can do it it's like a super easy piece of code yeah um so i'll do that and then i'll put the pin out um on my own boards so the next thing is about designing your Pinterest page. And so basically it's about having the boards that you would have in terms of what you blog about. So for me, it's travel. So I've got travel tips, European travel, USA, like lots of different boards. And then I've got some separate boards for places that I know I travel to a lot, like Italy and yeah. things like that. And then you join group boards. Yeah. And so I've got, I've joined so many group boards. Some of them are naff, so yeah. I need to dejoin them and I need to just look at which ones are good and which ones aren't. Pinterest has some really good business analytics. I've ri- written a post, <laughs> shameless plug, I've written a post about Pinterest, yes. um, which is really, ba- it's really basic. So if you're new to Pinterest, then I will link it in the show notes. I would say go to that. Yeah, definitely go to that. And it's just about using it like a search engine. So your board descriptions need to have keywords in them and they don't have to be full sentences. They can be keywords with commas so that your boards come up in searches. It's the same for your pin descriptions, like all of that kind of stuff. Treat it like you would SEOing a post. Mm. Um, So pinning to group boards is really important. And then the other thing that I did, which I don't do as much anymore, but but it has worked really well when I was starting out, is on Facebook there are three incredible Pinterest for bloggers groups Mm -hmm. where they do pin threads every day Uh and you put your pin and then you repin all of the other pins Uh and those 100 people will repin your pin. So it's so just it gets easy your sharing. So it's really it. easy sharing. And the good thing, I mean, some of the content that people put on those, I'm just like, there are rules, so they have to be vertical. So yeah. on all of that. But some I'm just like, oh, this breaks my heart to pin. <laughs> but generally speaking, because the other good thing, the other thing that you need to do on Pinterest is pin yeah. a lot. Yeah. Your own content and others. So it's a really easy way of finding yeah. everyone else's content. So if I've got a new pin to put out, I'll just stick it in a couple of those groups. And away you go. And then you're already getting that kind of virality mm-hmm. on that pin. And like three quarters of my traffic comes from Pinterest at the moment. Like I had, I wrote, honest to God, the most basic shitty 
travel hacks that you might not have thought of post one of which was take an extension lead in your bag i mean this is not like inspirational (laughs) fucking content right it was not like it was fine right but it was not like gospel yeah and that and i didn't even think the pin was that good and it's so weird what goes well on pinterest and that just went insane and for like two I months, see that you saw both. I, saw, yeah. I remember seeing that on yeah. Pinterest. And for two yeah. months, that went, in, it was a picture of a hotel room, I think. It was like such a shit pin. It's so annoying because oh, I've got better pins. But yeah, so like, I definitely think that travel does so well yeah. on Pinterest. So if you're writing about travel, it's definitely worth trying it out. I'm experimenting in ca- Canvas Free. Yeah. It's really easy to experiment. Go and look at some pins that you like the look of. Look at Sam Sparrow's Pinterest and just copy what she does, I would, I would suggest. Yeah, I mean, actually, <laughs> like I'm now, I'm not a very visual person. Mm-hmm. So I found designing pins not that great. So I'm redes- I'm like trying a new design of pins mm. that I'm going to start putting out soon because I know that my pins are not as beautiful as other people's. I have a tip for that. Mine also aren't, um, and I'm not very good at any kind of graphic design, but I no. basically stole all of mine from Melissa Griffin. Well, I was just about to say Melissa... I didn't steal them from her. She no. offers all this stuff up on her website. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, so the one place I was going to say... So Melissa Griffin does a Pinterest course. Yes, um, she does, doesn't she? It's not cheap. So unless you are making dollar mm-hmm. from your website, like I wouldn't necessarily say you yeah. want to pay all this money, but she does offer a lot of free resources on her website. She also, when she's trying to sell her course, does a webinar. So you should look yeah. out if you sign up for her emails or whatever, she does like a one and a half hour webinar about Pinterest uh-huh. where a lot of what I've just described will be um, she gives away about. a lot for free. She gives well away a lot for free, um, particularly because she's moving her business to be sl- slightly more niche, I think. So oh, she's really? giving away a lot of Pinterest stuff for free. Oh, interesting. So, yeah, so Pinterest is, um, like, for me, I think if it works in your area that you're blogging in, yeah. Pinterest is great because it's easy. It's like a free, it's like easy win. Yeah, it's and so, the, the traffic that you can get for, um, from Pinterest is incredible. I think people don't really realise. As no. soon as you start seeing those referrals rolling in, you're like, Shit. And it really helps as well, particularly with a new blog, because mm. for any new post or any brand new blog, it takes a while to get that juice from Google. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, I, it's just picking up for me now, six mm. months in, but not massively, because mainly I don't really spend that much time SEOing my posts, which I should. Uh, so don't listen to me on that. But <laughs> Pinterest has actually really helped get over that hump because it's so instant on that platform. And the way the Pinterest algorithm works is that if you can get a few good repins of your pin, like early on, then it comes up higher in the smart feed. I didn't know that. That's really interesting. Yeah, which is why those groups can be really helpful uh, when you've got a new pin to push out. Ooh, I'm going to be picking your brains about that. Yeah, so we can put those new photos, and you just request to join put on it Facebook. all in the show notes, yeah. so you can all have it too. It's not just for me. Yeah. <laughs> and what else have you found has been um, a bit of a growth game changer? Or or has there been any? Or is, has, actually, there's two parts to this question. What else have you found, particularly regarding your travel blog, has been yeah. a growth game changer? Also, has there been any stumbling blocks? Like, Has there been a moment where you felt like, shit, I've can't do this actually i'm not good enough yeah um so i I think in terms of i guess growth game changer for me it's been about networking Mm -hmm. definitely so like number one promote your posts and i promote them on my personal facebook page 
And a lot of bloggers I know don't do that. And like, I get why. And there are some things that I've promoted on my personal page. So I just recently wrote a post about body shape mm-hmm. and travel and, you know, should it define really, how you really travel. Really, really good post. I'll um, that as well. Yeah. And, you know, and like, it got a great reception, but I've all of a sudden had like mad Facebook messages from mad family members mm. that are just a bit like, but you're not fat. Blah, blah. And yeah. I was like, well, number one, you've not really read the post number two oh god i totally forgot i'm friends with you guys on facebook (laughs) but you know facebook is also a big referrer for me and a lot of people i i just say like it's part of your life don't be embarrassed put it out there so like growth game changes is is promote everywhere and don't promote a post once yeah Uh, so co-schedule have got some really good um resources about when to post on each and how often to post co-schedule is a social media scheduling tool yeah um, that you can use for everything yeah you can use it for everything it's not yeah no you can use it for Pinterest. you can use it for everything you can even use it for instagram but it doesn't post immediately to instagram just remind you but um but they've got actually their website um if you just go to co-schedule.com and click on their blog so much good tips and advice there but they've got a really good post about um the best times to like how many times to post and when so like 45 days after you should schedule a post it's really interesting so that's been really helpful the blog the The, download the the co-schedule uh software no no okay it's not free um and it's not cheap there are other like buffer you could use yeah, buffer you if can you use just buffer free and then they have like a premium ten dollar yeah the plan, ten dollar plan like you know if you were committed and social like getting social posting mm. right is what you want to do and you could just remind yourself you could set all of this up with a bit of extra work on buffer yeah. just by using the amount but people just don't post out their stuff enough yeah agreed. i don't really give a shit if i'm annoying people it's my no, life and um you know people see one i like barely see anyone's stuff on twitter so well, seven seven tweets for me isn't going to piss people off i think particularly on twitter as well you have to tweet a lot yeah, don't, you do. don't be embarrassed about it because yeah, just put it out there I only put it on my personal Facebook page once, so you can be Facebook friends with me if you want and not be annoyed. Oh my God, I do it more than that. Yeah. I do it... Uh, but you don't have a Facebook page for your blog, do you? I do. Or do you? So that I can have the business Instagram account, oh, which annoys me massively, but I, I don't promote where, it. Yeah, I didn't realise. I didn't think you had it. Yeah. Well, I basically don't. Yeah. I think I have like 300 likes. So I re-promote Nothing. on that Facebook page, uh-huh. but I don't re-promote on my personal page right okay i mean i might do yeah but yeah but um the biggest growth game change for me i think has definitely been about networking and making friends in the industry and learning from them so like i've i've been to like i used to go to blogging events quite a lot back in the day and then i stopped because i just don't like most people (laughs) Um, and i'm and like i'm you know i'm a chatterbox i'm a big mouth but i'm not massively extroverted i don't do small talk very well and so big travel conferences like well big blogging conferences really freak me out but i went to blog at the beach which is a conference a little kind of conference run by isolated holiday up in leeds Uh uh-huh and obviously there's quite a few travel bloggers that I know up in Leeds, mm-hmm. um, Beverly and Sophie being most of them. <laughs> um, and so I decided to go up there for the day. Um, it was a free travel, it was a free conference. Um, so uh, Jen, 
uh, spoke yes. and uh, Jess from Travelista uh-huh. spoke. Um, and that was really good because I got to kind of network with some other travel bloggers that I'd not met before and now we chat and all of that. I've also reached out to people and yeah. been like, hey, be my friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and let's go for coffee and let's meet up and let's, let's be best friends and hold hands into the sunset. Um, and that's been a real growth game changer, not because they are aggressively sharing my stuff. Yeah. But just because you're just part of the community, you're seeing other stuff. Yeah. Um, and it makes you feel more part of it when those low moments come. And mm. I think the other half of your question was about those yes. kind of barriers or low moments. And I think, you know, for me, like there's two things. As I was saying before, like the travel blogging world is pretty well established with some major players mm-hmm. that have been doing this forever. Now, I don't necessarily want to become a travel blogger full time, although increasingly I'm a bit like, Oh, pay me to travel the world. Yeah, that yeah. sounds fun. But, you know, it's not, it's not something that I'm aiming for. But even so, I do, I do want to grow my blog and I mm. do want eyeballs on it and I do want opportunities. Um, and so it can feel massively daunting. Mm. Um, the other thing is definitely about photography. Um, because, I, like I said, I'm not a very visual person. Um, I'm more about writing. But tra- travel blogs are nothing if they don't have photos. Yeah. And... You know, I've looked like so. My photography is getting much better now, and it's not necessarily to do with the fact that I've got a decent camera. It's more to do with the fact that I'm starting to learn yeah. what I want shots of and how I want them. Because I hate editing, so I kind of want them to be decent up front. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hate editing, because I'm also not don't want to learn Photoshop. <laughs> uh, I'm inherently a lazy blogger, guys. But um, <laughs> so, like, sometimes it can be really hard to kind of look at people's insane photos of like Iceland. Mm. and go if I went to Iceland tomorrow my photos would not look like that I feel like they would I feel like they would because mm. I feel like Iceland is definitely one of the pla- one of those places which is just so bloody photogenic my Oslo photos were pretty good actually so that's not too horrendous mm. um, but you know I think you know their comparison is the thief of joy yeah, I was and about so to I've say, tried not... really hard to I tend not to I mean I'm not a young blogger. I'm mm-hmm. 34 now. I've tended to, I tend now to just not give a shit about yeah. what anyone else is doing. And so it's, I'm only competing with myself. So if I'm disappointed with a post or I'm disappointed with a photo, it's because I'm like, I know that I could do better. Yeah. That's, that's kind of Everyone it for me. Everyone has their thing. Yeah. Everyone has their thing. Photography is my Achilles heel and that's yeah. why I struggle with Instagram, I yeah. think. Because I cannot be bothered with a themed, in, oh, I just... Do you remember the days when we just posted shit selfies of ourselves? I do, and I did not like those days. Yeah, so... See, I'm an Instagram girl. You are. You really are. Like, you style your stuff, and I love it. Like, (laughs) I like all your friends. I like other people to do that. But I... I, Oh. I think you have to enjoy it. Yeah. It doesn't all have to be styled, but if you do styled photography, you have to be into it, because it it has to be for the joy of the styling. Yeah. And I don't enjoy, I, that's not what I enjoy, like, at all. Like, that's why I much prefer taking pictures while I'm out and about yeah. of landscapes or views and that kind of stuff. F- food, maybe, to a certain extent. Yeah. Although, if I have to move the plate around too much. Yeah. I watched, so we went to um, Amsterdam with Beverly uh-huh. and Sophie. And it was great because you're going with two other bloggers. So, yeah. basically, you can just <laughs> get the table arranged and everyone just goes nuts. Yeah. So, I would be the first to sit down because I'm like, I'm bored now. Oh, yeah. Like, and Sophie <laughs> and Beverly are still going because they're absolute pros. Yeah. And Beverly, and I'm watching Beverly 
like fix her shot she's an incredible photographer she's got such an amazing eye for photography and that is great for her but there's not any part of me mm. that goes that's what I want to do that's actually a really good tip that you've just um popped out mm. just cash golden just cash tip yeah, just a golden nugget there from Sam Sparrow is that um if you're not confident with composition which I'm not you're not quite a lot of people aren't I think it really no. frightens them look at what somebody else is doing look at yeah. how if you can yeah look at how someone's framing their shot and see just just try and dissect it a little bit and see how they've done it my photography's definitely improved since watching Beverly take photos when we were in Amsterdam like I was really struck we went to this food market and I just was, couldn't couldn't do it and then we sat down with the gin and I was looking at her pictures and I was like I find gin helps yeah as well. that's another topic. and she was telling me about how she <laughs> takes pictures she was taking pictures of the bar through the people yeah and I was just like I'd never think to take that shot I've never number one orcs let me put my camera in your face yeah I hadn't brought my zoom lens either so I was basically fucked this is how much how bad I am of photography <laughs> um but you know that it really like helped me watch her and also gave me confidence because she she's got her big camera yeah she's just going for it and taking pictures do you think that's another thing then is the confident uh the kind of confidence piece of putting yourself out there and i think people have um a bit of an issue giving themselves permission to be what they want to be yeah i agree so much and i think it's been quite hard because like so my husband has got nothing to do with any of the online world at all. Mm-hmm. He's about as analog as it gets. <laughs> like I set up the Wi-Fi and the Sky Sports in our house. <laughs> like that's you know, and that's cool. He has a Twitter account, and I think he's funny. But yeah, that's about as far as it goes. Um, and there is a level of frustration for me mm-hmm. taking pictures of my food when we sit down in a restaurant, yeah. right? There's but only so many you can do. It. Yeah. Um, there's a level of frustration on his behalf when I'm trying to get him to get a good shot of me. Mm. Um, you know, and that and that can be really, really hard, although I would bloody hate it if he was a blogger. I just wouldn't be able to cope with it. It'd be awful. Yeah, I couldn't cope. Mm, too, yeah, no. Well, I had to get rid of Ollie when he was trying to blog. Yeah, you like hostile yeah, takeover exactly. of the blog. I love that. But, <laughs> I, but you know, I think... Um, I think, yeah... It can be really, really difficult to, to to really feel comfortable. And I think I didn't feel comfortable at all until I went away on holiday with Beverly and Sophie. Yeah. And we were updating our Insta stories. Actually, I did Insta stories but weren't wasn't doing live Instagram because I was having my dark, I don't give a shit about yes, Instagram period. Yeah. So I wasn't putting any photos on. Um, and we were all just sitting there for 10 minutes um, interacting on Instagram because then apparently you get better like yeah. interaction on your photo so we're all yeah. just doing that and not talking to each other while we're doing it you've just glossed over a really good instagram tip sorry <laughs> it's an instagram tip that i don't use but apparently guys so basically when you post a picture you should be really active um on instagram before and after yeah so that it's kind of part of that like engagement. before and after you post you post a picture so yeah. yeah so what i tend to do if I'm having an Instagram good day, is that I will go on, I will like and comment a few pictures, then I will put mine up yeah. with the hashtags and all of that shebang that I've carefully researched mm-hmm. for days before, and then I will go and interact with some others, watch some Instagram stories, yeah. which isn't a hardship to me because I love Instagram yeah, stories. Yeah. But yeah, like that's 
yeah that's that's a tip it's a good tip yeah i mean it's not not doing a hell of a lot for my own engagement <laughs> but you know we'll see we'll see how that goes yeah but at least you get seen yeah you, you do like get you seen. do get seen actually and for me actually the best thing is a bit like you described um earlier is that it's about having my nice little tribe of people. Yeah. So actually, I've just got a list of people that I really like on Instagram, and I then go directly to their Instagram profiles oh, really? to get around Do the algorithm. Do you use algorithm. the saved um, function yes. where you can save pictures in there? Because you yeah. can save and then have collections. I'm not very good at this. So I've just saved pictures of my favourite Instagrammers, yeah, and then idea. I just go into their accounts each day. Yeah. Because... Uh, because otherwise, sometimes you can never see people. You can just never yeah. see people. Although, what I have noticed is yours, Sophie's, Beverly's, Rebecca from Queen BD, mm-hmm. Rihanna from, well, she was Robocop, but now Rihanna Olivia. Like, I really like all of their photography, and because I've liked quite a lot of their posts, they do surface first. Uh, I, fi- I think that, in particular, we're all quite aggressive Instagrammers as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I actually posted twice in one day the other day. Did you? I know. Can't posted believe. twice in one day. I've been doing it recently because I've been joining in on the Free Up My Insta campaign that yes. Alison Sadler's doing. Yeah. Which I think by the time this episode comes out, in fact it will, it will be over. But um, it's a really brilliant campaign where she put together what, two weeks of prompts and they're things like smile and wild and adventure. Yeah. And just, it, she was encouraging people to not give a shit about hashtags or fitting in with their theme or whatever and just post something you want to post. Like, maybe even take a picture of... Something there and then in the moment. Something there and then and then instantly gram it. Yeah. (laughs) But um, I didn't do it quite like that, but I still... It still gave you that license to... Gave me freedom to post things. And I posted a few pictures I never would have posted before. Yeah. And I posted twice in one day on two two separate occasions. Oh, my God. Uh Oh, my God. I know. I've posted so much in the past week. So I've heard, like, really good tips is, like, to post three times in one day to help you get engagement. But I would just run out of give a shit. Yeah. As well as photography. And, like, and that, I guess, like, another thing for me is, like, this is... This is supposed to, I have a full-time job mm-hmm. that's quite hard. Like before, so before I started the job I'm in now and before I started the, the Aspire Fiesbog, um, I set up my own social enterprise um, as part of a charity and I was working 60-hour weeks and every weekend to mm-hmm. get that off the ground. Um, so I had not a lot of space in my life to care about this stuff anyway. And then I started this blog because I'd started a new job that I finally had my life back. Mm-hmm. And for me, part of it, part of this is I do, of course, I want it to be successful. I'm an ambitious person, but I also want it to be a wonderful hobby. Mm. And if I spend f- too long thinking about algorithms on yeah. each, and it is different. You've interviewed people for whom it is their full-time job and their business, yeah. and you do need to care yeah. about algorithms if you want to make money out of this kind of stuff. But... I also think that if you're the only platform that you've got any control over is your blog yeah. and maybe your email list. Yeah. And so this Instagram will change again, yeah. maybe tomorrow. Pinterest will change. It's already changing quite a lot. They've yeah. taken off the repin rates and made them engagement rates. And now it's really difficult to find out how many repins you've had. Yeah. Um, Twitter is going to go algorithm soon. And yeah. that's, just going to really annoy me already your time your feed is not chronological no and i'm going to swear about it a lot when twitter mm. changes because that i will be so pissed about that but like 
that stuff is not in your control, mm. even if this is your business. The only thing you can control is the photos you put out on your blog, the words that you put out on your blog, and, and how that's organized, and potentially collecting emails for an email list. Yeah. Another thing that I'm bad at. But but I know that you spoke about this quite a lot in the last episode I listened to when we recorded this with um, Monica from the yes, Travel Hack. the email list. So yeah. that's like a really good tip. Yeah. But So therefore, if you can't control other people's platforms you're going to lose the kind of joy and wonder of, of why we get do this stuff online anyway. Yeah. And like, for me, like that is my biggest uh, growth game changer because if I worried about that stuff, I would stop posting and yeah. I wouldn't have a blog and then I'd have nothing to grow and it would just be another desolate fallen by the wayside blog of which there are probably millions yeah, in the internet. That's a really, really good um, point and probably quite a good one to end it on yeah I've, I've like rabbited on forever <laughs> no no it's really good i just want to summarize it again though um your blog is not going to just disappear that's the only thing you have control over and you need to use your words use, use your, your words, words people content is king so thank you very much for being part of the podcast sam Pleasure. where can everybody find you so i'm on um at sam r sparrow basically on every social media so instagram twitter and pinterest if you want to check out the pins mm-hmm. um and my blog is as the sparrowflies.com there will never be another pun that i've come up with that is greater <laughs> than that so just appreciate that if you appreciate do go and visit it. <laughs> thank you thanks thanks for listening to what she said and if you like this episode or any of the other episodes, please think about giving me a lovely rating on iTunes. I really appreciate it. If you want to connect with me, head over to my blog, wanderloose.com, or hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, or Pinterest, where I'm at wanderloose blog. Yeah.